0: listening to Mental with Martini Mantha. Sit back, pour yourself a martini, and get ready to dive deep and get mental. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. Here's your host, Martini Mantha. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Mental with Martini Mantha. I know it's long-awaited and overdue, so thank you for your patience. Thank you to everyone listening and for everyone that helped make this podcast come to life. I'm very excited to share it with you guys and get this going, hopefully weekly, if not more than that, or less than that, depending on how life goes. But basically, my goal for this podcast is to address all areas of mental health, And no topic is going to be off limits. And if you have a particular topic that you end up wanting to be discussed or would like to share your story, please email me uh, martinimantha at gmail.com and I will try and make that happen. I have a lot lined up going forward, but definitely open to feedback, questions, anything like that. I just really believe that mental health is not talked about enough in our society at all. I mean, let's be real, it's pretty taboo to talk about these mental issues. And with the crazy shit show that 2020 has been, I know things have heightened people's underlying issues that they may have had before or new things have come about. And people really just don't like to talk about that stuff. Maybe they feel, you know, Scared to, or ashamed, or embarrassed, or they don't really have anybody to turn to. Sometimes you can feel really alone and you can't really comprehend your emotions. So, basically, my goal for this is to help people realize that you're not alone and the pain you're feeling is not eternal. So, don't worry, (laughs) this is not all going to be tears and negativity and depressing. Uh, We're going to have a little bit of fun with this and We're going to be enjoying a different styled martini every episode. I love martinis. So today I'm drinking one of my faves. It's hot and dirty martini. So if you're familiar with just a dirty martini, it's just some olives. But the hot part, put a little spice in it, a little Tabasco, whatever you like. And who doesn't love anything hot and dirty, right? (laughs) So before I dive into interviewing other people's stories and topics on mental health. I felt it was only fair to share, you know, my story and really what led me to do this in the first place. So it happened on a Sunday. I was with some friends and basically just kind of suddenly felt really overwhelmed by what I could really only describe as some form of sickness. I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel well. I couldn't control my body. My heart felt like it was racing. I couldn't control my thoughts, my mind. I was hyperventilating. Nerves were heightening. I ended up to where my whole body was like shaking, like my hands were shaking. And at that point, I'm like, okay, something's something's going on here. I, I, I need to address it. I ended up going to the ER and basically after extensive blood tests and medications and all that, really learned that I had experienced a severe panic attack. It was anxiety. And, you know, I didn't want to believe that, right? Like, everyone gets anxiety sometimes. Everybody gets depressed sometimes or whatever. But I never believed that it was like a physical disease that affected your body. But let me tell you, I was so, so, so wrong And it it reminds me of that logic song, Anxiety. So if you know, you know. But he describes it perfectly. And I think anxiety, depression... Mental diseases are real diseases. They're real physical diseases. Your mind really controls your body in more ways than you can even realize. And I think it's hard to even understand unless you've experienced something like that. So that's why a lot of people may not have somebody to turn to during those times because they've just never experienced it. So they can't really understand on the level that you can of what you're you're going through. It sent me on a long journey of self-discovery And finding the courage to accept what was happening to me and then to act on bettering myself. So I started looking into past trauma in my life and maybe things that would have led to this inevitably. And I think I'd been struggling from trauma for literal years that I hadn't been able to get over or. Except, And I would just kind of push things to the back of my mind, pretending it wasn't there to where obviously this panic attack was inevitable. I didn't think I could pinpoint an exact moment where I first knew I was struggling with anxiety, but I would like to think maybe it started in college. You know, college is a pretty weird time. We're forced into believing we're suddenly adults, right, and on our own, and given these new sudden freedoms that we never had before, while also having to study and having the discipline to go to class, sometimes handle our own financials, and all that can be burdensome enough on people. I was studying biomedical engineering in school, and while I may be good at solving differential equations, (laughs) I was certainly not good at maintaining my mental health. I ended up having a roommate, someone that I knew and loved for a very long time, go through her own very serious traumatic events. And at the time, I didn't understand the impact that it had caused her. I couldn't relate to what she was going through until I came home to find her in a very seriously dangerous situation that I realized the extent to what was going on with her. And I'm not going to go into the details as I originally thought I might, but it's not my story to tell. And so, you know, if she ever wants to come on or if she wants she's okay with me talking about it, maybe I'll talk about that later. But basically what happened really impacted me. And I never really evaluated how badly it was impacting me. I ended up fearfully not wanting to leave my house. Maybe that was a depression, anxiety thing. I don't know. But I just basically stayed at home a lot. I stopped going to class. I failed my first class ever, dropped classes, got put on academic probation as a result. My teachers reached out to me and I ended up having to kind of tell them what was going on, but they forced me to see the school counselor during her lunch hour, I might add, because their department was so overbooked. So I know mental health affects way more people than people are even talking about, okay? Fast forward a little bit from that, I got through all that, May have lost a friend along the way, but ended up going from academic probation to Dean's List the next semester. I had an awesome job at the Athletic Association, and I thought I was going places. I studied abroad for three months in Ireland and was able to explore other cultures, other mindsets. And it was enlightening, very fortunate to be able to have done that so for me there was a light at the end of the dark tunnel but i still think i struggled with one main thing through all of that and that was loving myself forgiving myself and finding my purpose along the way i lost who i thought was the love of my life the one man who probably ever truly loved me but i lost him because i didn't know how to love myself And I knew that and I didn't treat him right. And I'm a firm believer that you can never truly love someone else or accept real love from someone else without first loving yourself and knowing your worth. So it can be a long journey to get to that point. And it's one that I've been chalking through for years and years and years and years. So despite all that, I ended up graduating with that degree in biomedical engineering. I accepted a great job, but it had required me to move to Houston. I'm a Georgia peach, for those who don't know, born and raised in Atlanta, so this move was no small thing to me. So this cross-country move brought a lot of fears, anxieties, and just the unknown. For the first year I lived here, I struggled a great deal with loneliness and probably hopelessness. Just knowing no one, all I was doing was working and kind of a realization of, you know, is this it? Is this adulting? Is this my life from now on? Like, what's next? You know, I feel like when we're in school, it's like high school, we're working towards graduating, we're working towards going to college, and then we're working towards getting a degree and then getting a job. And then you get to that point, you're like, All right, what's next? I'm here. This is this is it. So I was really struggling with that mindset. And it kind of haunted me. I was in bad relationship at the time. And I remember crying at least once a day. But I, I still go back to the underlying reason that I didn't love myself. And I blame myself. And in the midst of all that, I had also been discovering some health problems, multiple health problems, and I'm only 26 y'all. So I had had to have multiple biopsies done for cancer cells. Luckily the test kept coming back okay, but it went on like that testing every six months. And it was just really a stressful time for me. I also started having major digestive issues and like trouble swallowing and ended up finding out that I have what's called a hiatal hernia. So for those who don't know, basically it's like part of your stomach is kind of pushed up into your esophagus a little bit. So it can cause like trouble swallowing and acid reflux and all that stuff. So not fun. (laughs) And basically I, uh, I hate going to the doctor now. So constantly worrying about your health, being lonely, feeling hopeless, feeling like I have no purpose, not fully moving on from, certain traumas, not loving myself, all that anxiety building, building, building. So I know I started this off by saying it all kind of started in college, but I think the root of it probably goes back a lot farther than that. The man that I lost my virginity to was just really not a good man. He was verbally abusive and manipulative. And I do feel like I was taken advantage of by him, a 19 year old while I was only 16. There were endless lies, blatant lies, cheating, and pure mental manipulation of basically brainwashing me into thinking that I had to push out everyone in my life except for him. You know, he wanted to be the center. He didn't like me hanging out with my friends or my family. He made me think that everyone else was wrong or they didn't, they didn't really care for me like he did. You know, just a true narcissist. And when I finally had the strength to end it, There was a lot of stalking that followed. He would show up places that I was, and I had no idea how he knew that. It was pretty scary at the time. I did start to fear for my safety. And for years, he continued to reach out to me from time to time. For a long time, I blamed myself for that. And instead of taking from that, becoming a strong, fierce woman, I gave into the rhetoric and was drawn to those same type of men, abusive, manipulative, the bad boys that I thought I could fix. Every woman thinks that they can fix men. You you can't. I thought that I had overcome that, being drawn to those types of people, for the last time when I moved to Houston and into that bad relationship that I was in at the time. But unfortunately for me, the cycle continued. I found myself in a new relationship and it turned out to be another extremely manipulative one by someone who saw my weakness, who saw my empathetic personality, my extreme ability to put people on a pedestal because I believe in their heart and I believe that people are good at heart. And let me just, let me go back and say that that's not a weakness guys. That's It's not a weakness to see the good in people and have empathy. So I take back that word, but he saw that in me and took advantage of that, took advantage of my empathetic personality and that I was submissive to him, quote unquote. I found proof of infidelity, pathological lies pretty much all the time. And I somehow managed to let him turn everything around on me every time there was an issue. And he just had this way about him to manipulate any conversation or issue to turn it around on me, to make me feel bad and make me feel like, okay yeah you're right i'm in the wrong and i need to do better and i need to apologize for making you feel that way that you had to act that way and that's just pure manipulation guys and the new word out there now everyone's using is gaslighting which i could say that's what that was but it was constant and i allowed it to happen to me every single time if not every single day and there was this one time One story I remember that was pretty bad. I had found a mark on one of my breasts. My dermatologist wanted to send off for a biopsy just to confirm that it wasn't cancerous. And with my health background that I briefly told you all about, I'm very sensitive to health problems and it really affects me. So I was really mentally exhausted during that day. It was a horrible day. I was terrified of more health problems. And I wanted my boyfriend. I wanted the support of my boyfriend I called him sobbing that day. And he was like, no, I don't want to come see you. And I said, okay, well, can I come to you? And he lived with his parents at the time. So I was like, I'll just come and sit and hang out with you and your parents. I just want to be around people. So I could not think about you know, what had happened to me that day. And he said, no, my mom doesn't want you to come. This was the start of the kind of pandemic. So he was like, my mom doesn't want you to come because of COVID. And so I said, okay. And that made me feel horrible, but, and here's the kicker guys. It was a whole ass lie. And he instead was actually out with his friends drinking at Twin Peaks. And if you don't know what Twin Peaks is, it's like a Hooters. Okay. Except for Hooters has good wings, y'all. Shout out to Hooters. He used his mom to blatantly lie to me and had no empathy for me about a serious situation that was going on in my life. And he knew about my past experiences too. And that's just one small example of the just outright lies and no regard for the lies that he was saying, and using his mom and just having no empathy whatsoever. And it's funny because he actually called himself a psychopath one time to me. We were watching a movie and it was about a psychopath, and it was because psychopaths lack empathy. And so he immediately like was looking into it and he goes, I, I think I'm a psychopath because I I feel no empathy for others. So red flag there, Sam. (laughs) You know, I think women in today's world, unfortunately, are sometimes treated no differently than they were in our history books. It really is a man's world. We can sometimes find ourselves being treated like property for them to do whatever they want to do. For us to have to work 10 times as hard just to get the same job, the same recognition. And I will say, things are changing. And I do know that this is not all men. There are good ones out there, but for me, my arms open wide when all these bad ones come running so that by the time a good one comes, it's already too late. Another thing I've noticed is unfortunately, for some reason, men find themselves talking to their friends about women, like they're animals, like pieces of meat, okay? I have a huge problem with this. And this man in particular, Definitely did that severely. And when I found out, it caused severe body dysmorphia for me. I hated my body because, you guys, this man actually had the balls to text his friends about his girlfriend that, and I quote, her body's not a 10, but she fucks good. I'm just going to pause for a second because, like, the disrespect... And meanwhile, he was fantasizing over some of my best friends' bodies. Um, Some of my friends have fake tits. Totally supportive of that. I'm in the itty-bitty titty committee, so I fully support getting boobs, y'all. But he was legitimately texting his friends about picturing my best friends in pornos or just just nasty things. And then to my face, when I would bring up stuff like boob jobs or anything like that, any changes to my body, he would feed me bullshit. What I found out was bullshit of, you should love your body just the way it is. But then telling his friends that that was all lies and he's just, and I quote, a dirty minded doggy dog who just wants to fuck all the girls in the world. And that I think he goes to Twin Peaks just for the beer. So, yes, naturally, I started to hate my body, just feel horribly about myself and unfortunately developed an eating disorder as a result. I lost 20 pounds, and I can tell you that I did not have the 20 pounds to lose. I've always been really skinny pretty much my whole life. That's just the way that my anatomy, my genes are. But, you know, through college and becoming an adult, I was in a healthy shape. And after all this, I just stopped eating. And I was kind of working out here and there, but I just stopped eating altogether. I think back to right before quarantine or during quarantine, this man actually broke up with me essentially. There was another one of those times where I had an issue that I wanted to bring up to him. And in the middle of me trying to talk to him about it, he interrupted me, looked me down in the face and said, you know what? I don't care. I just don't care. I don't care anymore. I just really don't care. Completely blanked face. He was sort of living with me at the time. It led to him packing up every article of clothing he had, every item of his there, packed it all up. I'm sobbing because I'm like, what did I do? And of course he's throwing it around on me. Like I just, I'm never satisfied. I'm always upset and all this stuff. And so I'm starting to apologize again and sobbing. And he's just packing all this stuff up. And I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want this. And he had no emotions on his face, n- none whatsoever. And I remember before he walked out the door, I said, how are you feeling right now? Are you feeling relieved? Are you upset? Are you sad? Are you mad? What are you feeling right now? And he goes, I feel nothing. Absolutely nothing. And he said, I know I'm never gonna find another girl like you. And frankly, I don't really care. So naturally I was devastated. I had not expected that just from wanting to have a conversation about an issue that I had. I would say a week later he came back and we had kind of talked through everything and decided we did still wanna be together. And that was a huge mistake on my part. Let me just tell you, okay? Because things didn't stop from there. Things didn't get better. He didn't change. And the disgusting messages of my friends that I told you about earlier, I hadn't even found out about that yet at this point. So I found out about that later. And that's when I decided, you know what? I deserve so much better than this. I deserve so, so, so much better than this. And I finally ended it. And after the breakup, there were hundreds of threatening text messages from him with extensive profanities of telling me to go to hell and he hopes I die. I had made some girlfriends through, you know, the friends that he had, and I ended up venting to a couple of them about the situation because they're genuinely my friends. And so, because of that, he blew up on me and was like, Stop playing God. You're ruining my life. You can't decide how this affects me or karma or whatever and all this stuff. He started threatening his own life, just on and on and on. And then it would go back and forth between, I didn't mean any of that, I'm so sorry, and all this stuff. Just crazy texts. My friends were genuinely concerned for me. And he was trying to say like, these aren't your friends, playing to my weakness of being lonely in a new place that's not my hometown, when these people were my friends. Going back to that, you know, alienation and just wanting to be the center. And, you know, after he exposed himself as this type of abusive, disrespectful person for the thousandth time and looked into those eyes and saw nothing, I thought of that 19 year old boy from when I was 16, they were one and the same. I had thought that he was the love of my life and that we were going to get married. So the trauma following all of that was was very mentally exhausting. And there were a lot of people who can probably attest to how much that affected me. But then add the whirlwind that 2020 has been in this pandemic. I work in the medical field, actually, and I simply started losing my mind going through That dramatic of a breakup during quarantine, all of the past stuff that had happened that I hadn't forgiven myself for, worse, blamed myself for, I didn't love myself and I stopped eating. The world seemed like it was full of hatred every time I turned on the news or looked at social media. And this time I didn't see the light at the end of the dark tunnel. After the panic attack, I decided I needed to start seeing a psychiatrist. I decided to accept that I needed help and I couldn't do this on my own. And I fully believe that the healthiest people are in therapy because you are acknowledging that you have an issue or that you are acknowledging that you want to be better and do better and fight for yourself. And that is something to be proud of. So I decided that helping myself wasn't working or attempting to help myself. Clearly it wasn't working. And I was hurting other people that were only trying to be there for me in the process. And so seeing that psychiatrist was, was probably the greatest decision I've made. We spoke for two whole hours and I didn't even realize how much, like, I just needed to talk to be heard You know, to be acknowledged that what I was feeling was real, what was happening to me was real, and that it was okay that I was feeling those things. It was okay that I was having anxiety, that I had a panic attack, that I was depressed, that I was lonely, that I went through that. It's okay. I actually learned a terrifying statistic that one in three women go through an abusive relationship in their lifetime and I happen to be one of them, but that's so common. So anybody out there that's in one, have been, has been in one, just know that you're not alone. And it's not your fault for what's going on to you. And it's not your fault for being empathetic or kind or forgiving, but you deserve better. We all deserve better. My psychiatrist even told me, you know, one in a hundred people are psychopaths out there who prey on those that they think they can control and manipulate because they have that lack of ability to feel empathy. Now, I may have dated my fair share of these psychopaths, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So really, who am I to say? (laughs) You know, I think sometimes trauma gets buried so deep down in our hearts and minds that we disconnect ourselves from it completely to not even face the emotions or to just not feel. It's hard to control. You feel like you're losing control and you don't want to feel that. So I am here to tell you that anxiety, depression, any other mental disorders are real disorders and it is okay. You are okay. There is nothing wrong with you because this is happening. I realized there was a lot in my past I hadn't accepted or moved on from, like I've said multiple times. After talking with multiple friends, friends of friends, acquaintances, I discovered more and more stories about mental health and trauma and struggles that people are dealing with, struggles with addiction Loss of a loved one, PTSD, terrible divorces, facing blatant racism, coming out as, you know, LGBT. The list goes on and on and on, people. And we're not talking about it. So I decided that it's about damn time we talk about these things. It's a time to be open, to not ignore these issues or brush them under a rug, pretend they're not real, and to discover how to persevere. To learn that no matter how alone you feel that you are not alone and that maybe experiencing these horrible things adds a complexity to your soul that you otherwise wouldn't have had. So that you're not living some superficial life, but you have the capacity to understand, sympathize, and empathize with others. And at least that's my hope for this. I know, sounds pretty intense, right? But... Get out your martini glasses, pour yourself a delicious martini, and drink with us while we talk the real talk. We'll play some games, and we'll have a few laughs along the way as well. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey because I firmly believe the journey, your journey, is truly the destination. Next week, I will have my first guest, Ryan Rugeley. And we'll be diving into all about his family life and upbringing. So it'll be really exciting. We will be drinking an espresso martini. So if you would like to join us in drinking an espresso martini, I'll put the ingredients and how to make it in the bio so you can drink along with us. All right. So get ready to get mental. Peace, love, and martinis. Martini Mantha signing off.